Welcome back everyone to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, a complicated man, and I am Mr. Intangibles, Dan Masters, with my co-host, the leader of Hockey Human Resources, and a man who likes to read the rule book, Will Everett. Will, how you doing? I'm, I'm aching a bit, Dan. I'm aching a bit. I took a pack to the ribcage last night, and it's um, Ooh. Yeah, it's not, not serving me too well. Is, is your team currently in the postseason, in the playoffs? Is that why you're doing these things? Absolutely not. Absolutely no. nowhere near. We're we're in a relegation battle. Well, or we would be if we weren't in the in the lowest tier of organised roller hockey in the south of England. I was going to say, how'd you get lower than the Southern Counties Second Elevens Division D League? I think you'll find it's, it's Bipper South Division Two. Okay, sorry. Put some, put some respect on the name. Sorry, it's more of a moral relegation battle. Fair enough, fair enough, and that's why you're taking pucks to the to the body in training. Yeah. So we, we train in a sports hall, so our bench is just the corner. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is like a, you know those little school benches you get, like the really thin ones? Yeah. Yeah, just one of those in the corner, so that's the board. We've got it sorted out. So I was sitting on the bench, and, uh, and a shot came in. Guy was shooting far side from the other corner. I was just sitting there like, well, I've got my lid on, I'll be all right. Forgetting that I, I don't wear shoulder pads because I'm double hard. Packed straight in the side of the ribcage. Not it's amazing, ideal. it wasn't even... A... <laughs> It wasn't even a block shot. Like he just, just, just sitting there trying to sat in a corner on a chair. The beautiful oh thing was, oh in like God. the moments before, so the guy who took the shot was coming up the the off wing. I thought, right, he's going to shoot in a minute, so I won't. I was going to have a drink. I thought I won't take my take my cage off to have a drink just in case he shoots and it comes this way, and it did. But I still didn't take the necessary precautions. So uh, so here we are. <laughs> Wow, that's unbelievable. The things hockey the things hockey people do in England for the for the love of the game. Sitting in corners, not taking drinks, <laughs> pucks to the ribs it's, just sat there. Unbelievable. It's commitment. It's of, of the highest degree. It is, it is. Okay then. You have a question for me. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do. As uh, yeah, as as we're well, not fully at the end, but we've gone through a, a, a large chunk of the William Nylander saga. Do you think this experience will influence or deter future young NHLers from holding out and, and performing in, in a similar way that Nylander has? An interesting situation coming up with a lot of younger players looking at deals. I think the two most notable, notable probably Patrick Lyonet and, of course, the good Ontario boy himself, Mitchell Marner. You've got a couple um, of others as well. You've got, what, Sebastian Arho, uh, Yeah, Arho Rantanen. That's three Europeans we've noted there as well. And if there's one thing we know about European NHLers, it's that they're crafty and uh, very selfish. Very sneaky. That's why they always play the baddies. Exactly. Yeah, if there's one thing the Mighty Ducks has taught us, it's that uh, anyone from <laughs> over Europe wearing a black jersey is not to be trusted at all. Has it priced them? I, mm, I don't know. But... With the season that Nylander had, sorry, he had, he had 27 points, 7 goals, in 51 games something like that whatever it was he was playing at a 41 game at 41 point pace never yeah. quite got up to the speed that he had been in in his first three full full NHL seasons is that going to have scared kids off are they going to think alright oh, if I do if I hold out like Nylander did am I going to going to have a bad year basically you got you look at it as you weigh up the pros and cons of the, the, the con to it is of course okay, I might only play, if you take it to full length like Nylander did, I'm taking it right to the wire. I'm not going to get enough games. I'm not going to be up to speed. But then the pro of that is I'm securing my future. So if, I know this is never going to happen, but the Leafs come to Mitch Marner and say, well, we think you're worth 7 million a year. And he says, well, I think I'm worth 
10. He's not going to sign that deal thinking, oh God, I'm going to miss half a season. No, if he can get any of those players, Ranton and Ajo, anybody, if they think we can get seven, eight years at nine, eight, 10 million, I'd, I'd forgo half a season for that for sure. I don't know about you, but I, to me, it's the long-term benefit because you're looking now at, like we said, younger players, if they've got that ability and they're that good, they can kind of hold out a bit. You know, Matthews is getting paid a four, and it's only five years, but he's making a fortune for those five years. Whereas back in the day, he would have been looking at, like we said, players back in the day, you sort of bet on yourself, okay, I'll take a bridge, I'll take three years at four or two years at three or something like that. But Matthews is, no, I want, if I'm getting five years and I want a hefty chunk of change. And I think other younger players might be doing that now. And and even when players went slightly longer on their second contract, do you think players like uh, like Taylor Hall and Tiger, Tyler Sagan, uh, John yep. Tavares, you know, they were making sort of five, five and a half, six mil over five for five years. Not this month, like Matthews is making double that in the same amount of time. I think the thing that's going to really put the wrinkle in any, any player trying to emulate what Neeland did. It's not so much his performance on the ice, because any NHL player is going to think, well, I'm not going to have as bad a season as Neelander did. Like, I can control that. I'm going to play well. It's all of the off-ice stuff. William Neelander has become a pariah. I think he would have had a lot of bad press if he'd have had, had a bad season anyway, if he'd have you know, signed in July and played all 82. But combined the fact that he missed 26 games, held out for more money and then had a bad season as well, by his standards at least, is, yeah, I don't need to explain it to anyone who follows the NHL, he's absolute public enemy number one. And I don't think that young NHLers are going to want to risk becoming that player, you know, becoming the next instalment of, of William Nylander sort of thing. See, I don't know, because I think you're looking at long-term gain, because you're looking at, well, yeah, okay, Nylander didn't have a good season, and he's going to get a lot of grief, but he's secure in his long-term future because if he comes back next year and plays well again, no one's going to care. And now he's got... We're never going to know what they offered him, obviously, as their initial deal because obviously it was something that he thought wasn't acceptable. I can't imagine for a second they said, we're going to give you six million and he said, no, I want 6.9. I just really think they tried to lowball him. Not crazy, but I just think they tried to lowball him. Like a and he's just bet on him. deal. Yeah, maybe. Maybe something like that. I think as a player, you, you might sacrifice a, one season of getting grief from the fans calling you greedy or questioning your performance levels or maybe you're just out for the money or something like that. I think that as a player, you've got to back yourself and just ride that wave. Because next season, Nylander's going to be... He'll be fine again. And even if he's not, even if he's not, then what's... So what? He He's going to get traded. He's, he's still going to get money. paid. He's got his money. He's still going to get paid. He's still going to... And then he'll go somewhere else. Nylander making 6.9 is not... It's not a terrible contract, is it? So, no, not for, for both sides, he's he's not going to suddenly be playing in the ECHL and get bought out next year, is he? Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and I think I think younger players now his money anyway. Yeah, I think younger players now might be realizing that. Like, I've got to back myself here because here's the thing: Marner signs a Marner signs a team friendly deal, something ridiculous, five million, six million for three years, and then he gets injured. And he misses a season or something, like he hurts his knee, or it, you never know. You never know. I, I would, if I was a player, it's and it's the classic thing. I think, well, lots of people have said it, but people always rile against the players for trying to make millions. Yet they're, in theory, then supporting the owner who makes billions. Well, hang on a minute. Why, why can't you pay these players? Pay these players what they're worth. I, I think as a player, you just back yourself. And I, I think some of these 
like you said, our hoes ranting and these kinds of players. I think we're going to be surprised by some of their deals. We might be looking at them thinking, oh, that's a bit that's a bit north of what we thought. But if if you want if you're the Hurricanes and you've got a player like Sebastian Aho, then you pay to keep me. You want me on your team, then you're gonna pay. Why should I be all nice and dandy and give you money off just because I've played here? What's that got to do with anything? I've got to look after myself. Yeah, like you've you've been very kind to put me on your team, but I'm the one who's performed and Sebastian Aho has arguably given more to the Hurricanes than the Hurricanes are given to him. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the, the only reason the Hurricanes are giving him anything is because of his performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not, none of it is, is charity on either, on either part, really. Yeah, we're only discussing these players getting these contracts because these players are really bloody good. We're not giving them money for free. We're, giving, we're talking about Mitch Marner maybe getting 10, 11 million dollars because he's amazing. He's a yeah, fabulous no, hockey player, on, that's why. Nobody's on bloody NHL radio talking about what Jim Earl Smith's next contract's going to be, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Jamel Smith, let's, you know. Yeah, big, uh, big up Jamel Smith, genuinely. What a player. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely shafted by the stars, but what can you do? The, the thing I wonder whether young players are savvying up to is... You can't bank on the future. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, we talk a lot about oh, who's made the most money in their career, sort of thing. Like you know, your your Vidal Caviez, your Jerome McGinley types. I'd love to know which players have lost out the most through through not bet not getting their money while they can, sort of thing. Yeah, players who've had a great season, they've been UFA or something, and just they've been nice to the team and taken that deal, and it's yeah, and they've had point. an injury or fall. I was I was thinking like Danny Heatley. Fantastic yeah. in, in his younger years, but as time crept on, he was effectively out of the league by age thirty. And I'm I'm sure Danny Heatley made his money. I don't know his contract numbers, but I right, he could have he probably could have made more. I just I just think young players now are more aware of you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're the Carolina Hurricanes, you're being bankrolled by billionaire owners, stroke corporations. Some of that has to come my way. I'm performing for you. Why, why should I? Because I wear this jersey. Why? Sh- why should I give you a massive discount? They're just Whatever. more business savvy. Is is all it is? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. How it seems absolutely. To be. Here's the closing line: Younger hockey players now are more aware of their worth than they than they ever have been. One hundred percent. And I wonder if that gets reflected in the next CBA, or whether the vets screw them over again as they did last time. All right then. Uh, good discussion. Should we start the show? I suppose we should. It's that time of the week. It's the smooth recap. With the elimination of the Washington Capitals, there are currently only 24 players in the playoffs who've won a Stanley Cup. Boston and the New York Islanders have six each. Not a very funny thing, but interesting nonetheless. Francesco Aquilini is at it again, this time denying having spoken to Mike Gillis about a potential return to Vancouver. In that case, we must assume he has spoken to all other good hockey men regarding joining the Canucks staff until informed otherwise. The old adage of good guys finishing last, usually reserved for whiny bitch boys who can't just tell a girl their feelings, was on show in NHL this week. 
with the last game of the first round, as all the divisional winners lost in the first round for the first time in NHL history. Like many great Americans before him, Jack Hughes has vanquished a Russian foe on his way to greatness. The soon-to-be New Jersey Devil has broken the scoring record for the Under-18 World Championships. I reckon Capo Caco wishes he'd bother turning up now. Artemi Panarin sets a Blue Jackets record for point streaks in the postseason. That new contract he's going to sign in Columbus, Florida, is getting bigger by the game. In obvious jokes news, the city of Dallas is due to host the 2020 World Championships of Diving, with Finnish phenom Essa Lindell expected to take <laughs> home the gold after a recent breakout performance. This is the first time in history all three Hart finalists haven't won a single playoff game in the same season. Proof that NHL awards are stupid, and Nikita Kucherov, Sidney Crosby and Conor McDavid are all overrated as shit. The San Jose Sharks played NHL Mythbusters this week, disproving the popular theory that it is impossible to kill off four straight minutes of penalties. The Sharks then proceeded to do as all scientists do, and rub their rivals' noses in their discovery. Jacob from Carolina is the first defenceman in Hurricanes slash Whalers history to record 10 assists in a single playoff year. Looks like he's been slaving over his practices. Finally, sour grapes are abundant at this time of year, and Bill Foley is feasting on them. The Golden Knights owner is calling for replay review of major penalties to be discussed at the next Board of Governors meetings, and I can't imagine why. And that was your smooth recap. I uh, I loved the Twitter pettiness of the Sharks tweeting about oh. killing off that four minute penalty. <laughs> Four minute penalty. That was a what was the tweet? the tweet was something like, "What do you know? You can kill off a four minute penalty." Absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, isn't it? I, I I just love pettiness on Twitter from rival from teams to each other. Just I'm here for it all day, all day. Please NHL, do it all the time. It's the best. And I think the the fast rivalry that the Golden Knights have have created with the the Californian teams who are always good at pettiness and just being yeah. nasty to each other. That's perfect, isn't it? Because the Knights are just up to speed at that sort of shit. And what Definitely. a combination. What a combination. Yeah, because to be fair, the Knights came out of the gate with a really hot Twitter game, didn't they? They've mm. had some absolute blinding things on their Twitter account. So it's good to see teams firing back. Oh, it's fantastic. Who's winning the cup for you? We're all winning the cup this week, Dan. The entire oh, league yay. is going to win the cup. So congratulations to you. Your ring's in the post. Well played, everyone. Well done. Good job. I, I don't know if you've seen, but Pavel Datsuk, the legend that is, will not be returning to SKA St. Petersburg next season. Very true. Very true. And uh, the way you worded it was, this ch- the SKA chapter of my of my hockey career has come to a close. Blah, blah, blah. So he's coming back to the Red Wings next year. And isn't that yeah, absolutely. beautiful? That's great. That's great. Was it going to be like 41 or something? I want to say he's 38, but I might be lying. Either way, he's older than me, which is unbelievable to be there. That's still playing professional hockey. <laughs> no, thank you. It's still a fabulous thing to, that a guy of that age can be not only playing hockey, but still very, very good at it. Oh, it's it's going to be beautiful to watch you know, a 55-year-old Pavel Datsuk still just taking the piss out of half the league. Winning the cup for me is, it's an old favourite. It's It's got to be the Ottawa Senators after they're mentioned on The Simpsons this week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this or not, but... I didn't see the episode where I saw the clip where Lisa was in a hospital bed and she'd committed some transgression or something in Canada. So one of the mounted police 
came to her and said, I'm sorry, but as part of your transgression, you now have to own a Canadian NHL franchise. And she crosses her fingers and says, please not Ottawa, please not Ottawa, please not Ottawa. And then the Mountie puts a Sens cap on her and says, sorry, Lisa, it's Ottawa. So there you go. The, the, the misery that we're piling on the Sens now has reached such levels, they're now part of the zeitgeist. And because of that, they have to win the cup next year. They've done more for the league in that one roasting on the Simpsons than they have with anything they've done on the ice for 10 years. There is There was something else this week from the show that somebody said there must be a hockey fan on the staff because in one of the, in one of the clips they had a Nordiques rug and a Stanley Cup lamp. There's clearly somebody in the Simpsons writing team is a hockey fan. It's, it's the one like, set of references to hockey that they're allowed every every 20 seasons. That's <laughs> true. It's like I said last year, you can always tell when there's a hockey fan on the writing staff because they'll find a way to work them in somehow. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, his mate had a, a Red Wings jersey. Yeah, the, the hockey was mentioned in The Punisher last year and I was talking about it. So you can always tell there's an NHL fan on staff. There was a, a, a great couple of hockey jokes in 30 Rock. I don't know if you ever watched that. Yeah, I love 30 Rock. A fabulous show. So when, um, oh, was it Kenneth? Is, uh, is that the guy's name? Yeah, the page. Yeah, the page. <laughs> page. <laughs> when, he, um, when he gets stuck in, uh, when they're in Boston, and he's like surrounded by all the guys called Sean. <laughs> oh, such a good show. I need to rewatch all of that. It was amazing. You and me both. I was on Sky Atlantic, for uh, for those of you who are smashing a bit of now TV for Game of Thrones at the moment. Um, who's getting relegated? I'm going to relegate a relatively obvious one. We're going to keep it nice and short and sweet for the moment being. I'm going to relegate the Department of Player Safety because I've fucking had enough. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, potentially. I'm going to relegate the Toronto Maple Leafs. and yep, reasonable. Because in particular, I have to relegate them because how are they going to win the cup when they've got old man Patrick Marlowe still using a two-piece stick? I don't know if you saw this or not, but... <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, how? No wonder, they're not, no wonder they can't win the cup. It's still got old man Marlow out there. I think I, I've heard he still uses a wooden stick for golfing as well. I'm, I'm buzzing for, I don't know, like Joe Thornton to when if the sharks get knocked out in his exit interviews, like I might try like sharpening my skates for next season or something. Like, I, I don't know, some newfangled <laughs> equipment. These young boys are taping their sticks. What's all this about? This is ridiculous. I just like how I never tape old Bessie. <laughs> how is he even still using a two piece stick? I just. He's got I don't a know. custom made or something, maybe? Like, it's not even could. that. Does he not have eyes? I mean, surely that's the... <laughs> he can see, right? <laughs> he can see players who've got a stick, and it's not made of two things. I don't he, know. Even if it's like a, a sort of... Not superstition thing, but like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable with a two-piece stick. Patrick Marlowe, is your entire NHL career resting on the fact that you've used a two-piece stick... You go to a composite. Is that it? You're just gonna you're gonna turn back into a bloody pumpkin. Come on, mate. <laughs> he's just gonna he's just gonna wither away or something. <laughs> like the Wicked Witch of the West. He should get bought out just for that nonsense. Like he's he's, <laughs> he's not out of himself there. He's not. It the... was amazing. So I oh, sorry. I I, for, I saw a headline obviously on Sportsnet talking about how the Leafs going to find a way to trade Patrick Marlowe. And I was like, did you not see the report about the two-piece stick? No one's going to trade for him now because I'm not fucking taking this guy. You're kidding, aren't you? He's, he's a guy at work who puts his foot in it when he like admits to you know, slacking off all day and browsing the internet instead of doing his work. Yeah. He's just he's admitted his own incompetence as a hockey player. Just mad. Just mad. A two-piece stick. That's fabulous. An, an impressive rookie error from a man who was 100 years old. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. 
Uh, how many starters and scratches you got? I've got two starters and just one big fat scratch. Oh, I'm the other way. I've got one and two. So you can. I'll let you go with your starter first. Lovely. Well, my first starter is going to be a relatively uh, straightforward one for this time of year. I'm going to start Justin Williams. He's ah. 15. I know. Good good man to choose at this time of the year. Uh, he's 15 Mr. Points. Game 7. Mr. Game 7. 15 points all time in Game 7s. And that makes him best of all time. You can't not have him in the squad at this time of year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm going to start the NFL draft. And the Los Angeles Chargers drafting a player called Easton Stick. Oh, yes. Which is unbelievable. <laughs> because now I'm looking forward to an NHL team drafting a hockey player called Nike Helmet or Wilson Basketball or something like that. I think they have to kind of they have to find that player who's got the, the name of another opposing sport in their in their name somehow. It's, but, it's got to be something yeah. slightly niche though, because I reckon the average sports fan probably hasn't heard of Easton. Yeah, true. So I, I don't know what like a, a relatively like the fourth most popular manufacturer of cleat in American football is or something like that. But yeah, all the pads or like like a even like a like a thigh pad or something. Yeah, whoever makes the chalk don't they have chalk like in the a little chalk bag or am I making that up? No, you're thinking of um, rock climbing. Oh yeah, easy to get the two <laughs> confused, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you're right though. You're right though. But wow, Eastern Stick, what a great name. Powerful name, absolutely powerful name. And then your other starter? The other starter is going to be Symmetry, because I love Ooh, a bit of Symmetry. Nice. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, the, the Cleveland Monsters have dispatched the Syracuse Crunch in the AHL playoffs, the, uh, the semi-finals. Oh, I didn't uh, hear. You didn't hear that. Well, the significance of that, Dan, is that the Cleveland Monsters are the AHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Syracuse Crunch are the AHL affiliate of which team? I'm going to guess the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> yes, they fucking are. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Thank, thank you very much. I, um, I found it myself. Nice. Well played, well played. Mm. So I'm going to scratch off. And this is unbelievable. I think this might be the first time, but I'm going to scratch myself. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt for... that's the first time you... Well, it's not a scratch. That's more a kind of a stroke. Oh, God, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Cool. Sorry. It's a low-hanging fruit today, aren't we? Literally all the low... No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to scratch myself for complaining about start times of hockey games because I was complaining about the Bruins game two that we lost in double OT and I fell asleep, obviously, in the first OT because it was something like half past three in the morning or something ridiculous. Yeah, So I send out a tweet. Yeah, I send out a tweet complaining about it, which is then followed by some of the followers of ours on Twitter from the UK West Coast fans who pointed out quite rightly that I should stop complaining because most of their games start at three o'clock in the morning. So I should be more aware of our UK hockey brethren. As um, as someone who doesn't actually care about the NHL at all, yeah. I quite like the late start times because it means that if a game goes to OT, I'll get up on a work day, sitting downstairs, having my breakfast... Bam, there's a live hockey game going on. What more could you want? Yeah, I mentioned it before. When we were on, ho- on holiday last year, it was the playoffs. And I got to watch the OT of Vegas Sharks when William Carlson decided to snipe one top cheese from about 40 foot away. So I was watching that in the airport. It was great. And who's, who's your scratch? Uh, I'm going to scratch hockey as a whole. <laughs> Fabulous. I mean, to be fair, there's a million reasons and I could I could think of a hundred, but what's yours? I'm I'm just going to go with the... Uh, the... But it's a bit of a bit of a vague one, but the the stupid culture around it and enabling of of unnecessary violence, masked as it's just how the game's played. Similarly to the Department of Player Safety, I've had enough of it, Dan. 
Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. And I'm sure we will will expunge on that a bit later in the show. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to scratch, finally, for this segment, an individual. Fuck Patrick Sharp and his beautiful fucking face. You (laughs) motherfucker. Because he was on NBC's coverage. He's been doing some of the games. He's, he's, He's been doing some of the games. And I... As, I, as I've said a million times, if my wife says to me, who is your number one sort of hot fantasy female crush? I'm, I could spend like an hour trying to think and I'll go, oh, her? Oh, maybe? I don't know. She's okay. Maybe her? I don't know. If she said to me, who is your hot male crush? I could name 50 guys in about 10 seconds. Like, oh God, he's fit. Oh God, he's really good looking. He's really good looking. So of course, my eye was drawn to the aforementioned Patrick Sharp and then realized immediately how ugly I was. Because he's a fucking gorgeous man, a gorgeous man, and it's not fair. It's, a, it's selfish, really, and it's quite uh, irresponsible of NBC to put him on national television, really. Yes, it is. It is. The tidal waves of fluids coming out of males and females as Patrick Sharp is on the TV is nothing short of dangerous, uh, and I'm not having it. And I, I'm not having a guy who somehow is getting increasingly better looking the older he gets. I, I, that's not fair. That's not fair, he's, and I'm not happy. He's not even a silver fox yet. Like, when Patrick Sharp goes grey, it's going to be dangerous. Oh, dude, when he gets that salt and pepper look going, oh, fucking forget about it. Forget about it. Anyway, should we talk about the playoffs? I guess. I guess so. All right, where should we start? Should we just go straight into the to the hot topic, the matter at hand? Your boy, Brad Marshand. <laughs> oh, God. We can, we can work backwards. We'll work backwards. All right. Do you want to start or shall I start? No, you start. You start. As as you know, being a, a Boston Bruins fan, I wouldn't want to rob you of your right to um, get a head start on things and, and maybe go when people aren't ready. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't hate it 100% what he did. No, no. Carry on. Carry on. Sorry. I hate it a lot, but not 100%. <laughs> It's not Radko Gudis with his tomahawk chop to Nikita Kucherov's dome. It's not, It's like we said last the other week, no. it's not Nikita Kucherov sliding into a player who's on his knees, aiming for his head. So, that be said, it's, yeah, I don't it's like not, it. It's not the systematic genocide of a people, yeah, I'll give you that. That's, it's not as bad as some things in this world. What really fucking pisses me off is the fact he did it at all. Why? Why would you... <laughs> When you've had so many run-ins with so many things and all fucking last off-season, sorry, this off-season, all we heard was he's going to try and be a bit more of a leader. He wants to fill that role. He looks at guys like Bergeron and Chara and he sees how they behave on and off the ice. And he's now going to try and really step up and, and be a leader to these players. I don't get... Christ, you could replay this from any... I see, I'm getting... I'm sorry, I'm actually getting sweaty. I'm taking my jacket off. <laughs> I don't fucking understand his mindset. I railed against Nazim Kadri a week ago, two weeks ago. And I'm sure Leafs fans, if any of them listening to this, are thinking I'm going to give Marshan some kind of easy pass because I'm a Bruins fan. No, I am not. He is an absolute fucking idiot. He is an idiot. To even draw this kind of attention to yourself again in the fucking playoffs again. Apparently, there's no going to be no further sort of disciplining reaction or anything. If you'd come to me and said, is this a penalty? Clearly, yes, it is. <laughs> is it a suspendable offence? I would have said, maybe a game. 
I wouldn't have said for sure because I still wasn't sure. But may- maybe a game, yeah. But the- if the Department of Player Safety come down and said, that's it, Marshand, you keep doing these things. And we've told you time and time and time again to knock it off. And you keep fucking doing it. So that's it. So now we have to make an example. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back, essentially. At this point, we have to say that is it. Because, okay, he stamps on Cam Atkinson's stick in, in the first game in the OT. That made me laugh because that's just a dirty, greasy, ratty thing to do is to stamp on someone's stick during a face-off. That's fucking, that's like proper snide and sneaky. So and I just chuckled. It's, it's, it's a bit more than gamesmanship, but it's not terrible. But yeah, it's a bit fucking, it's a bit snide, which is fine. But to punch Scott Harrington in the back of his head, he clearly has no idea what's going on. And again, it's not, he didn't wallop him, but why would you even do it at all? Why the fuck would you risk not playing in the rest of the postseason? If, 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 say, say the, say they say, well, you've got a two game suspension now. Clearly, there's something wrong with the Bruins because there's clearly something wrong with Bergeron. And fair enough, we know what he's like when he plays injured. He played, he played through a fucking punctured lung for crying out loud. So for him to be playing, not as great as he is means he must have both eyes missing or something, or he's literally developed a, some kind of blindness or some shit for him to be not playing as well as he is. Why would Brad Marchand then do this to even risk the fucking chance that player safety come down and say, we're setting an example of you? I am fucking furious with him. I am furious. Loads of Boston fans are going to fucking hate me for saying this, but I am livid. I'll let you go and I'm sure I'll jump in with some other things in a minute. I think it's we can all agree he deserved a suspension. I think he should have been gone for the rest of the series. He should have gotten the cadres treatment. Not that you know a cross check to the face is. Well, you you compare an apple's to oranges to compare the two, but a cross check to the face is is very visceral, very nasty. But the thing for me with with the Marshand thing, not to excuse Kadri in the slightest, but at least that was kind of heat of the moment sort of thing. Tempers were flared. Marshand skates up calm as you like to the back of Scott Harrington's head, assesses the situation, and is like, right, I'm just going to punch this geezer in the back of the head right now. It's the premeditation, the like clear headedness of it that makes it so reprehensible for me. There's no way you can write it off as like, all oh, tempers were high, you saw red, it was sticking up for a teammate, or, you know, a, a play gone wrong, if you will. Like, it's just, and then, like you say, couple it with his, with his previous history. And it's just so dangerous, so dangerous. You can't punch a geezer in the back of their head. Absolutely heinous. And and, and as, I, as I said in, in the preamble, I, I knew for a fact that it was never going to go to... I thought he might have got fined, but I knew it wasn't going to be a suspension, even though it should be, because he had his glove on. And and hockey culture has it as, oh, if you hit something, you know, we're allowed to punch each other, we are fighting in the game. If you have your glove on, oh, it's not even a real punch. It's absolutely insane absolutely insane and for, for like you say about his reputation sort of thing he he had become a bit of a he was an anti-hero really wasn't he the the most recent things he's done it licking Leo Komarov and like you say the stamping on Cam Atkins, Atkinson sticks that's not court jester but dirty rap stuff but it's not dangerous it's almost kind of likeable in its own little way and this is just, and and with the rise of Tom Wilson as well, I think as as a dangerous, dirty player, Marshander faded into the background. And now he's front and centre again. I think he should have been suspended for the rest of the rest of the series. 
partly as a as a message to him and partly because well, largely because it was a horrendous and dangerous play. Department of Player Safety have, have dropped the ball yet again. Do you know what it is as well? It's the third fucking game. The mm. series isn't over. This is gonna sound crazy, but if the series had been over and you know that's the end of your season after you've played your fucking balls off and you just you just and then then you would say it was clearly a heat at the moment, he's fucking pissed off about the season being over. But it's it's two games to one. It's not like the Bruins are out of it. It's not like the two games we've lost have been like 7-0 and 8-0. We win in OT, they win in double OT, and then they get two goals and we, we peppered their goal. And we could have easily taken that game to OT. But you're looking at three incredibly close games. And he could then be a difference in that game four, game five, game six, whatever. Why would you put yourself at risk? Why? I don't get it. It's absolutely stupid. Add, add on top of that the fact that he does it with over a minute left in the third period and the Blue Jackets only leading two to one. What, I know. what are you what are you doing? What are Why you Why would doing? you do that? For the sport that we always talk about, oh it's for the good of the team. How is that for the good of the team? What is that gonna do? I, apart from now getting refs really, really looking at you for stuff. That, oh, that's more I don't get it. That's more selfish than William Nylander getting his <laughs> Yeah, completely completely I'm 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 so pissed off with him. I'm so pissed off. It's such a shame because he's become a fantastic. There was talk of him being bloody part nominee this year, and any any goodwill that he's built up with with fan bases around the NHL, it's got to be gone now. It's got to be gone. And the only people left in this corner are Neanderthals that I could care less about. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just more pissed off from from his from the selfish act of it, as as all than... Bruins fans should be. Do you want to just give? Do you want to just give the Blue Jackets more bulletin board material? Do you, Do you want them to just be like, well, oh great, so now we've got a guy punching us in the back of the head. Now we're going to fucking try even harder. Now we're going to, you know, now we're going to give you. There's going to be that even more desire, even more fire inside of us now to really fuck you off. I don't. I fucking. I've got no idea what he's doing. No idea. And I'm, uh. I'm not being funny, but like the Blue Jackets are deep enough at forward. Like you saw Boone Jenner as he was getting away. Like Boone Jenner wants to kill Brad Marchand, and he probably will yeah. kill Brad Marchand next game. And the Blue Jackets yeah. are deep enough to be able to to lose Boone Jenner for five minutes. I, just, I don't know why he does it. I don't know why he does it. He's, I said I said this when we first started the show, and we were talking about this like two years ago or something. He has got a legitimate problem. I I I wanted to believe it was gone. I wanted to believe that he turned the corner, but he clearly has not. If he's risking the the progression of his team in this postseason, anyway, let's move. I'll quickly move on to the series because it's been an amazing series so far. Even as I've said before, I'm much better now at just looking at Bruins games objectively. I don't get as sort of het up anymore. Yeah, I want them to win, and I'm still pissed off with and lose, but it would sort of ruin my day before. Whereas now I'm looking at it and thinking, wow, fucking Brabowski's playing 937. Jesus Christ, he's been amazing. <laughs> you know, he's this is his redemption story kind of thing. Matt Duchesne scored two game-winning goals and trades are working and I'm looking at these kinds of things. Pasternak's not playing, you know, Pasternak's getting bumped down to the third line to try and get him fired back up again. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, if there's any brightness on the horizon for Bruins fans, it's that we've got to this position and won five games in the postseason without our top line doing anything really and if they can suddenly start performing then we'll be fine the only problem now is is like i said 
the Bruins have now run into the quintessential postseason hot goalie, which unbelievably, or not unbelievably for this postseason, is a former playoff turkey. But fucking Bobrovsky was amazing last night. Amazing. He's been a lot like that, really. He, yeah, even in the game that he surrendered, he wasn't really at fault, was he? No. And to be fair, to be fair, this this series is coming it is coming down to puck luck and inches and little tiny things here and there this do you know what this 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 series is coming down to well it's coming down to intangibles that's what it's coming down to <laughs> i think this this has got to be a podcast record this is the first time you've mentioned intangibles today congratulations dad thank you very much i'm like brad marchand I'm a, I'm a changed man until i just go against the thing i've just said have you had any any reads on this series, or you're not really paying attention too much with your West Coast bias? I d- well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm paying as much attention <laughs> as I can. I, th- I think it's, yeah. it's got to be probably. I'd say it's one of the tighter series, but they're all bloody tight at the moment. They're um, all tight, aren't they? Yeah, they're all tight. It's making a believer in Columbus out of me. I I, th- I thought the Bruins just steamrolled them or whatever, but I I'm getting really scared that the Jackets might go to the final. <laughs> Dude, this this is the story of this postseason. Mate, imagine it's 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 what imagine. it is. Imagine this postseason is just about. I mean, even more than normal, it's just about stories. And any team left in this, you can say, "Here's the story." Okay, well, we may as well move on to the other the other side uh, with the other series then, because the Carolina Hurricanes, as we predicted last week, beat the Washington Capitals, dude. You just knew it was coming, didn't you? As I said, you just week, knew it. I'm, yeah. I'm so livid. I'm really happy for the games. <laughs> really happy for the fans as well. I'm just so annoyed with myself. Of course, this is going to happen. Of course. God. Like, yeah. So they so they beat the Capitals four three. I did enjoy the shot after the game of Peter Mrazek sl- skating down the ice and then sliding on his belly in a big starfish. That was amazing. When they scored uh, the winner. As close as we're going to get to a. Um, to a storm surge for a while at least. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Game three, Islanders Hurricanes tonight. Hurricanes going back to their arena with a t- <laughs> because of course they beat the Islanders the two nil lead with a backup goalie. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Okay, okay. What okay, is McLeany, thirty-five years old, making his playoff debut? <laughs> like, what is going on? And he gets a win. Do you know if is is Mrazic back in tonight or not? Do you know yet or not? Didn't he get injured in warm-ups or something? He was day-to-day. No, he was day-to-day. But I know that if McElhaney starts tonight, he's going to be the oldest goalie ever to make his first playoff start. (laughs) Which is amazing. And then they'll probably win again. I hope so. McElhaney's the new Tim Thomas. Absolutely. Have you seen the game towels they've got on on the seats tonight in the Hurricanes Arena? No, I haven't. Does it say bunch of jerks on them? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, there you go. It's perfect. It it's perfect. It's perfect. There was a funny quote last week, which was Jordan Martinuk said that the team would walk over hot coals for Rod Brindamore. And I thought, yeah, probably, because if you don't, he's going to beat the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> you haven't got a choice. Because <laughs> I think, you know, like Bruce Boudreau was yelling at his players, you just look at him thinking, oh, shut your face, you fat fuck. <laughs> Whereas, like, when Rod the Bald's in your face, you're thinking, God, he's going to hit me. <laughs> Did you uh, did you see the video of him participating in the in the contact drills? Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Like how how many times just have amazing. you ever seen an NHL coach of any shape or size just cracking on? Like, right, we're going to do a contact drill. 
I'm going to be in there. <laughs> We're going to do Let's the wall of death. Go. Yeah, mate. <laughs> You, saw, you, you, you watch Andre Svechnikov doing it, and he's a big boy. As soon as he comes up to <laughs> Brenda Boy, he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, don't really fancy this all of a sudden. Yeah. Like we said before, there's young boy strength, and then there's old, there's old man strength. And not only is it rather bod, but he's also now got old man strength, which is just terrifying. Like compounding on top of it. <laughs> it's like strength to the power of four or something. It's just strength on strength on strength. And the Islanders, dude. Of course, the Islanders leave the Coliseum and now are shit in the bed. You got fucking people at Barclays eating sushi. The fucking SUV still in there. Of course, they're gonna lose there. It's a terrible arena for watching hockey. Even oh, even, even like on telly, you saw those horrendous TV angles. You can't even see like the near side boards. Like it's it's equally zoomed in and very far away at the same time. Like, what the <laughs> bloody hell is going on? <laughs> it's part that's so. Like, true. You know when you get that. That like dolly zoom effect that they do, where something like the background moves far away, but the the object in the front moves closer. Oh, do you want a little fun fact about that effect? I mean, I think I'm about to get one. You are about to get one. I'll, I'll rephrase actually. Hey, well, I'm going to give you a fun fact about that event, and you have to listen to it. Is that better? I love, be, love being given stuff. Okay, so yeah, far away. That was invented by Alfred Hitchcock for the film Vertigo. No way. Yes, when Jimmy Stewart is hanging off a, a building at the start, which is where he develops his vertigo, they invented that zoom to give the impression of, oh my God, I'm falling, but I'm not moving. And that's what they did. That was the first film you saw in the cinema after you got married, wasn't it? <laughs> such a dick. It's such a dick. <laughs> <sighs> yes, Th- that game too was so annoying because the Islanders were islandering that game completely. Mm. One nil up keeping things nice and simple, I went to the toilet. I thought, oh God, you know what? I'm, I'm, I can't hold it. I need to go for a shit. Went for a shit. I came back and it was 2-1. Oh, and God, then, mate, and mate. then the Hurricanes islanded the Islanders and just, just closed the game out. I, I think that's an unrealist, unreasonable thing to be upset about, Dan. Like if, you, if you'd have just gone for a wee, fair enough if you've missed two goals. Like that's, that's, you can't expect in, in such a high-paced sport to not potentially miss a pair of goals while you're having a turd. Yeah, but I'm an I'm an SAS dumper. I'm in and out. It's a very much a let's go, sit down, let's go. Okay, let's what? go, and then we're out again. It's it's very quick. There's no, I'm not lingering around getting pins and needles in my feet or something like that. No, it's in and out, done. <sighs> I, I I'm quite the opposite, and I find if I if I have a poo at work and I linger too much on the old telephone, they get really <laughs> bad pins and needles in a leg. And then I'm like limping from the bog back to my desk. <laughs> and even if I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about doing it. So it's like, ah, oh, what? Oh you just get all up in your own in your own noggin. But I'm all up Dan, in your own brain. In a in the year of our Lord 2019, why didn't yes. you take a mobile device to the bog and not miss a beat of NHL action? Because I genuinely thought, well, what's going to happen in the first minute? Like, what? Seriously? I mean, in the first minute, what is? I'll only miss like a minute or two. Nothing's going to happen that much. Nope. Miss both goals. Back on hockey, though. Can you see, is there a way for the Islanders to come back? Nah, I think I think the Hurricanes have unlocked them. Because this is the thing, like, the, the Islanders aren't playing particularly bad. They're playing as well no, as they have done for, for the rest of the season. Just they've come up against a team that can unlock their defence, and that's all that they really had going for them. So I, I, I don't want to say it's going to be a sweep, but part of me thinks it's going to be a sweep. 
know, it's still tight, isn't it? The first game's 1-0, second game's 2-1. Like, these are fights, fine margins, isn't it? It's fine margins. It's not aggregate, though, Dan. It doesn't matter. <laughs> true, true. Still two dubs in the dub column, isn't it, I suppose? <laughs> did you like that? <laughs> I did like that. It was good. There you go. Still two dubs in the dub column. I liked it less the second time. I'm all in on the Hurricanes bandwagon now. No matter who they come up against from here on out, I'm predicting Hurricane sweeps all the way home. It would be amazing, though, wasn't it? A Blue Jackets Hurricanes Eastern Conference final. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? But then they're not going to avalanche St. Louis or anyone. (laughs) To be honest, anyone. I think stars. I think stars would be worse because I think I think St. Louis is still a good hockey market compared to Dallas, but I suppose especially where St. Louis only has hockey and baseball now, doesn't it? Yes. So that's, so yeah, I imagine I imagine Batman shitting himself over the fact that you could have either a New York Boston <laughs> Eastern Conference final or a Columbus like Carolina. <laughs> I think if if the Hurricanes come to get to the Eastern Conference final, like the league are gonna force them to wear their Whalers jerseys for the rest of it just to try and recoup <laughs> some sort of interest. God, yeah. Yeah, they should. Let's move on to your side. Well, let's start with your team. Thoughts on your... I mean, let's be honest here. Your team full of cheats. How, how do you feel about that? It's the penalty kill at the beginning of the period that reinvigorated the St. Louis Blues. See if they can carry that momentum here at the end of the period. Lindell was knocked hard to the boards. Knocked down by Bortuzzo. Now he's going to get a diving. Lindell will get a dive and Bortuzzo will get a cross check. And then Bortuzzo yeah. sent him to the ice again, Pierre. And they, listen, they wanted Bortuzzo in the lineup for these rough situations and grinding down low and all that. Cross-checking. So Bortuzzo's getting two for cross-checking. And embellishment to Lindell. Yeah, your arms don't go flying when you cross-check. Yeah, sorry, but your arms don't go flying. Sorry, that was another. Very proud of my cheating team. Just trying to protect themselves when the refs aren't doing their job. So the the Lindell thing, it's cringy. It's a bit embarrassing, but I don't. <laughs> I think I think people are very 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 quick to to lose sight of the fact that Robert Bortuzzo is very much cross checking Essa Lindell, what who doesn't have the puck, repeatedly and extremely hard. <laughs> like these aren't these aren't love taps to let him know he's there. The the way I see it. I just want to make it very clear. It's very cringy, and I wish it had happened to any other team apart from my own, because I don't, <laughs> I don't like to be attacked, and especially when I feel like, yeah, you're kind of right. I feel like it. It wasn't a dive. You can't call it a dive because he was fouled. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a it's an extreme embellishment. A dive would be someone lifts his stick and then you go down, clutching your face, and oh, I got hit in the face when he didn't get hit in the face. This is. You know, embellishment and play acting on the back of three straight cross checks. And this is what I was talking about at the top of the show. Why do we normalise the fact that Robert Bertuzzo is com- committing by the books a stick infraction on Essa Lindell multiple times who doesn't have the puck and yet we're vilifying Essa Lindell who was, in my eyes, taking a piss out of the refs in, in a lot of ways? I was with you up until the last five seconds. No, but like taking the piss out of the refs. The way he dives on that third one after the call, the way he goes. So the second one. So the first one, he stands his ground. Yeah, good. This is a fucking spin zone and a half. I'm letting. Please carry on. 
keep going, mate, because I've got, I've got the facts. I'm watching it right now. First one, stand, gen, genuinely I've stands. got eyes. I can see what's happening. I've got, I watched the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he stands his ground, and then second one, yeah, he goes down easy, trying to get the call, but he does still get cross-checked. And then third one, same again, does get cross-checked, but, you know, goes down pretty easy. The third one where he goes down like he's been snapped by a bloody Thanos... How can you look at that and not think that he's like Thais? That's not anyone trying to pull the wool over. He's t- he's absolutely taking the piss there on that th- on the on the last one, the one that everyone. Dude, you're mad. You're how mad. can how can you? Uh, t- t- yeah, to be fair, I'm remembering now. This is the man who doesn't know what goaltender interference looks like. Um, <laughs> that last one, he crumples like a sack of potatoes. How? How on earth is that not like a protest dive? The the second and third ones, yeah, he's, he's embellishing. But he goes down like he's been shot. Yes, he does well. And that's why it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, again, a little bit embarrassing, but I, I see it as he's just trying to get his point across that this guy's taking a piss enough of the cross-checks. <laughs> crazy. You're crazy. Nah. He did it on purpose to make a point. No way. He's, I'm the only sane person in a, in a world full of madmen. Apparently so, apparently so. It was nice of Robert Patuzzo to attack someone on another team instead of one of his own teammates for once. I don't, yeah, so definitely. That is something. He's at least bullying other other players now and other teams, not his own. Well, I'm, I'm quite glad because uh, the last team that Robert Patuzzo attacked without any real um, provocation went on an absolute historic run for the second half of the season. So I'm hoping that he's going to have injected <laughs> that sort of... Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That sort of magic <laughs> into uh, into Esselindale. But the one last thing I would like to say about Esselindale, I, I hope this doesn't detract from the absolute monster season the kid's having. He's really come into his own this year. He's He's been playing over 30 minutes a night some games in the playoffs. The kid's an absolute... He's not a stud, but he's a very good deep man. And that's why it's embarrassing, because now he's just a clown. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. That's what, that got... is what will be written on his gravestone. <laughs> Esselindale just carved in by his own mother. Just a clown. <laughs> Just a clown. Stroke diver. It's not It's not diving if you're actually getting fouled, though, is it, Dan? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do agree with you to a point. He's clearly cross-checking him, and the fact that we just kind of ignore that, and then on the third one, he cross-checks him very close to the face. Oh, look at him going down. Look at him going down. Well, yeah, he's just rammed a stick into his chin. What'd you expect? <laughs> How dare he not stand there? <laughs> How dare and, and take those cross checks? Just want to, I want to shout out Jeff Merrick because I listened to Hockey Central at noon earlier today. One hundred percent in my corner. Well, maybe not one hundred percent, but he's on the side of Esselindale at the very least. I, I'm, 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 I'm ninety-five percent in your corner, but I think him going down to make a point to the refs is. Stretching it a little bit. We'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. You've um, as a as everyone always says, you've got to stretch some dough to make a pizza, Dad. Right How has the series gone for you? How has the series gone for you so far? Then, how do you feel it's going? Game one didn't really like it. Game two absolutely loved it. Game three didn't really like it. That's my um, <laughs> that's my summation of it. <laughs> can you win? Have you seen enough to think you can win this series, or or not? Potentially, potentially, like that game three. I mean, the answer the answer's no. But carry on. Well, I mean, how how can you look at that dominant performance in game two and not and and rule them out completely? 
because the because the Dallas Stars are not the story of this postseason. Well, that's why it's, it's, nice. it's nothing to do with it's hockey. True. It's got nothing to do with hockey. It's it's the the hockey gods and it's NBC pulling all the strings. It's it's the hockey gods deciding that a team who was in last place after January the first should absolutely go further in this postseason as possible and. You're just in the way of that, unfortunately. Well, it's, it's just how it goes sometimes. We're just one of those sort of sub bosses in a crime syndicate between Keanu Reeves or Bruce Willis and his end goal. Yes, so it's just how it goes sometimes. Really, this has the makings of a proper back and forth seven game series. Yeah, definitely. It's also very unfortunate for yourselves that the Dallas Cowboys players are getting involved because if anyone out there knows anything about the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys have a real problem recently of struggling to get anywhere near the latter stages of the postseason. So the fact they're all in your corner is nothing but terrible news for you, I'm afraid. That's a, that's a real shame. Let's move on. Avs <laughs> Sharks. Sharks currently up 2-1. Another ding-dong series. This has been great. I missed Game 3, but I watched all the highlights. Logan Couture, hat-trick. Did you, I'm sure you've probably seen this, but now he is only second to Ovi with most playoff goals of active players with 43. Here's a question for you, Will. Is Logan Couture elite? See, I, I saw you tweet this out earlier, and yes, he was He was elite last year. He was, he, boy's been elite for for time. He's just not... Do you know what? He's, just, you he's got bad teeth as well. He's an ugly Sue Crosby, isn't he? Like, let's let's be honest. For fuck's sake, <laughs> yes, isn't it? If like Sid and Sonic the Hedgehog had a baby, it'd be Logan Couture. You seen that trailer? Oh man, Sonic. I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> torn. Like it's really really bad, but I do kind of want to watch it. Oh dude, I have to go and see it. I mean, that is literally my childhood. The first time I saw a Mega Drive in England, the Genesis was called the Mega Drive. If you're any North American people listening. The first time I saw Son of the Hedgehog on a Mega Drive, nine-year-old me shit his pants. I was amazed at the loading time and the graphics of what I was looking at. And this little blue hedgehog, I was obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog when I was a kid. I thought it was the best thing. I've got to go see this movie, just for all the little callbacks and references. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, Descent of, of Dr. Robotnik into, into Dr. Eggman. Because it looks like... Yeah, it. totally. But they're, they're definitely doing that. Whether they do it well or not is another question. But uh, yeah, yeah I'm but intrigued. they are. It's, it's like that and um and Detective Pikachu. When I first saw the trailer for Detective Pikachu, my brain was saying, I should hate this. But my heart was saying, I've got to fucking see this film. I'm all over <laughs> it. And that's very much like Logan Couture. So... <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically the same thing. No, yeah, yeah like, Logan Couture is a great player. Fan, fantastic player. I'm I'm still very surprised to hear that he's second in active playoff goals. That's madness. But then the the kid's been in the playoffs every season since he started playing. Is that that sounds like it's true? That seems it? right. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Let's go with it. Yeah, sure. And and again, he's a good player. He's a good player. Can I just say that I'm googling Logan Couture and the first recommended thing is Logan Couture teeth. So I am very much <laughs> correct. Um, you, you are right to sort of bring up the question because he's not like traditionally elite sort of thing he's not spoken about a lot every year we get that question every year we get who's the most underrated player the answer is always Sasha Barkov because that's always the answer even though he's absolutely not underrated at all Logan Couture is now the answer because 
I, I can't think of anybody. I've not seen Logan Couture's name amongst any lists of anything underrated, undervalued, underappreciated, any of those lists. I never see his name. 43 playoff goals is absolutely elite status. Without a doubt. The boy has only missed the playoffs once in his... Uh, I can hell. That was 2014-15. And I want to say he was injured. Did the Sharks make it 14-15? Dude, what the... <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, no idea. But that him being injured, that sounds right. That rings a bell. For some uh, no, they I just didn't why. make it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. He, he may have been injured, but it didn't make any difference whatsoever. <laughs> he was injured, but they weren't there anyway, so who cares? Did you see the did you see the the icing call or the non-icing call from from game 2? No. Very weird. You know obviously because now there's like the hybrid icing where it doesn't have to be essentially it doesn't have to be full icing does it for it to be icing. It, it's it's kind of gets to the hash marks first rather yeah, than the red line or the top of the circles yes. in a lot of the, in a lot of ways. It brought in to stop people crashing headfirst into the end boards which is relatively reasonable. Exactly. But it was a the ref decided... I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I cannot remember who was chasing the shot. There was Brent Burns and... Sorry, Eric Carlson and someone else were skating back towards their own zone. And everyone thought it was going to be icing. But there was an Avalanche player steaming in. And the Sharks players assumed that the Avs player... I cannot remember who it was. I want to say Rantanen. I, I think they assumed that the, the ref was going to call icing and he didn't. So they kind of slowed a bit. And then he steals in... He plays the puck across the crease, goalie saves, puck comes out to, I want to say Tyson Barry, and then he just, you know, he roofs it. And then afterward, the reporter said to uh, Vlasic, was that the right call? And he said, yeah, but I'll wait for the league's apology tomorrow. But, (laughs) you know, you can be as sour as all, you know, you can be as fucking sour as you want, but since you're a kid, you're taught in any team sport, play to the whistle. Play to the whistle. And there was no whistle. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not... Vlasic's fault because he was on the bench but that's that's fine was he on the bench <laughs> yeah he probably was but still you know, the, the, like prin- said, the principle stands play to yeah. the whistle yes. and you see it so much in so many professional sports it's like come on how have you gotten this far and you're not playing to the whistle sort, sort yourself out I will be slightly annoyed if the Sharks go through only because fucking okay, Nathan McKinnon I god he's, he's just pretty good have me, you heard about this just, <laughs> just give me all of his you see his goal from last is it last night yeah, last night. Oh my I've, god! I've honestly seen the least of this series out of any of the others, and I'm I'm letting myself down. I know you are, mate. You are, mate. Just fucking hell! You don't need to watch anything else. Just watch McKinnon, dude. He's just been unreal. He's been unreal. I'm gonna keep saying this as long as the hours I mean, are in because I just keep watching him like mouth agog. Holy fuck, he's so good. He, he is pretty good. He is pretty good. Makes less money than William Nylander. Is that a helpful thing to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's funny. It's a funny thing to say. I don't know if it's helpful that's, or not, but it makes me chuckle. It's the most important part of communication, right? But but has uh, do you seriously think the the Avalanche have a chance to turn over the Sharks? Dude, I don't know. It's so close. That's, that's a big fat no, Dad. Come on. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't. I did pick the Avs because I just thought, and I'm going to stick with it because I'm not going to fucking change my mind, but it should be worrying for the for the other seven teams in the postseason now. The Sharks seem to be grooving a little bit and they just seem to be starting to pick up that pace that we all assumed they'd have all season, that they'd win the West Conference title by about 30 points or something. But it's taken them a bit, but they, they really seem to be peaking quite well right now. 
Pretty with much. the state of the bracket at the moment on on the west side, west how team. does the team with with Vlasic, Carlson, Burns, and all the plethora of forwards they have not steam straight straight to the final? I know that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. But then the story the story is then is that the Sharks make it through and the Blues make it through and the Sharks are the powerhouse. And the Blues have the better story, and the Blues win somehow. And we go, how did they beat the Sharks? Because that's just what's happening at the moment. That, that'd still be a good Western Conference final, though, wouldn't it? Oh, shit, yeah, dude. Because like, yeah, the, the Blues are the story, but they're still a very good team. They're still an excellent team. They've still got some fantastic players. Like, I love Vlad Tarasenko until he slips on his jersey at the American Airlines Centre. <laughs> he's an incredible player to watch you know those players that just always tear your team in two oh god yeah and unfortunately Vlad Tarasenko is one of those players for the stars so I, I have to hate him even though he just plays incredibly and it feels like every single goal that he scores against the stars is just a beautiful goal that I should love but I'm legally not allowed to let's leave the playoffs there for now I have to ask you this because it's been popping up all over the show today you could replace this story from any year of the past sort of four or five years but the rumour is is Evgeny Malkin is being traded from the Penguins <laughs> your thoughts on this Will is there any chance we see Gino suiting up in a different colour come next season oh, I don't know if there's any chance but I want it to happen more than anything more than anything somebody somebody posted on Twitter a, a screenshot of I think it was seven different headlines about now is the time to trade Malkin Malkin should be leaving it's, and they were all from different years <laughs> they were all from different like it was like 2011 2013 2015 you, you would think the way things went in Pittsburgh this year we, I've just said Jim Rutherford is not afraid to admit mistakes or shake things up or say god those players haven't worked what can I do to get these players out and get some new players in traded for Christ what three or four sort of newer players at the deadline this year it's possible I know that the talk is consistently, consistently of Latang, but I just, I don't know why you, I don't know if you're the Penguins, why you would do that. You do not have a dearth of defensemen at your disposal to trade away. And why you would trade away Chris Latang to hopefully get back a pick and another Chris Latang is beyond me, but they do have decent forward depth. For uh, for Malkin to have been in trade rumours so consistently throughout his career, and yet never really had a down year, like... <laughs> this guy, why are the Pittsburgh media so hyped on the prospect of getting rid of this incredible player they have? No idea. And we've I said th- before, haven't we? You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Trade yeah, while you I can. Mean, I, I, saw, I don't know who it was. I can't remember who, who put it out there on Twitter, but someone raised the point of, based on the moves that Rutherford has made over the last 12 months, they don't trust him to be the one to trade Evgeny Malkin. Because you think, yeah, you're right, He's he's made a lot of moves. Have I been? I'm really been that good. Have I done? I'm really been all that good. Yeah. No, if you're looking at percentages wise, he's definitely under fifty percent. Come on, mate, under fifteen percent more. Like <laughs> bloody hell, under five percent. I, th- I think tra- signing Jack Johnson to a multi-year deal and trading for Eric Branson in the same ca- same oh, year God. is um, yeah, it's enough to put you down to like minus fifteen percent already. Uh, Essentially, what would happen is is that Jim Rutherford would be trading away Malkin for defensive pieces to help sort out the mess that Jim Rutherford made on defense. At least he's trying to try to sort out, you know, take ownership of his problems. <laughs> At least admitted to it. <laughs> At least he knows I'd, he made a mistake. I seriously would love to see Malkin on another team on another team that doesn't have 
Sidney Crosby because Sidney's just going to be unleashed. You know, playing playing twenty five minutes a night, just tearing competition up. He'll have to he'll have to wave his. He's got a no move though, hasn't he? He'll have to wave his no move. Um, That's the thing, and I wonder I wonder if he would. I don't know. I I said a, a few months ago it was something happened. We were talking about it, and he said that he'd like to lead a team. When you've when you've won what he's won, how many other things are there to do? And I guess there is the thing of can I go to a team that's in the process of starting to be good now? Let's say it, say Florida or the Rangers, who can now start to make a move to be the next team, who can then challenge for stuff. Do you then go there and lead that, like I guess, like a Messier situation? I want to be the guy who then helps to lead this team, and I'm the guy kind of thing. That's all he's got left to do. There's nothing mm. else left. He could retire today, and he's a fucking like bone, guaranteed bone of legend. Yeah, there's not even any question about that. So. I guess it's like a, almost like a project. I guess. I mean, that would be the only, the only thing I could think of that you could maybe sell him on. I, th- I think you're you're spot on there. To be honest, Dan, he it could be potentially the only thing he regrets in his career. He could look yeah. back and just say, "Ah, oh, I never was the guy there." And I don't I don't know Morgan's disposition well enough. I don't know his personality. Frankly, I don't know any other's personality enough. But I don't know whether that would keep him up at night. You know, missing out on the chance to be the guy. I'd imagine it would, because you know his his entire career. Not that he's been a little brother to Sid, but to an extent he has been a little brother to Sid. He's he's always been in, in Crosby's shadow. I'd I'd be interested, and mate, it's it's not going to happen. But bloody hell, if he did go to Florida with Panera oh. and Bobrovsky, that'd just oh. be disgusting. It depends what deals that it depends what deals Panera and Bobrovsky would take though, because you're going to have to fit him in, aren't you? with his cap hit, which would then make me think, would he want to go to New York? I've said it before. I've said it before many times. See. There is some, there's something about New York that people are drawn to just playing in New York and leading a New York team to glory. Because I'd love he would to be, see Morgan in a Rangers sweater. Love to. Yeah, he, he immediately he immediately slots in as their 1C. No question. And then you think that, I mean, they got the, the rights to Adam Fox this week, didn't they? They've already got him sorted yeah. out. They've got loads of picks. They've got plenty of cap room. I mean, it, it seems like players. if Panarin's yeah, if Panarin's not going to Florida, I mean, there, there is a huge buzz about the Rangers and fucking, hell, you get Malkin and Panarin on the line. Oh my god, absolutely horrendous! What you, you could, if they both go to New York, you could have an all Russian line: Panarin, um, Malkin, and Butchnevich. Be alright, wouldn't it? Yeah. Be yeah. <laughs> be okay. Yeah, be alright. Yeah, yeah, be okay. Do the be job. too bad. I can see it happening. I can see it happening now more than ever for Malkin. Because you think, well, at some point his stock is going to drop, and you got you got to sell high. You got to sell high. Take any Malkin, I'd, you know. It's one of those trade him away. I, yeah, it's one of those ones. I'm not going to be able to believe until it happens. And even then, I probably won't believe. It. And even then, yeah, yeah. Even then, he's in his. Even then, he's in a different jersey. And you're just like, that's weird. Why is he wearing? Oh yeah, he plays for them now. That's really odd. It's going to be an interesting off season for the Penguins. Even even if they don't get rid of. Get rid of Morgan, but somebody's on the way out. Something else I couldn't see happening as we leave Hockey Talk, Game of Thrones this week, Will. Now, was your TV settings done correctly? Could you see anything happening in that episode? Well, I um, I access Game of Thrones, or have previously accessed Game of Thrones in uh, 
less than legitimate Should say questionable means. Yeah, questionable means yeah. is a good way of doing it. So okay. I was sort of uh, we use we use Plex. So it's like um, ah. so the the connection was fine. The issue was quite a few people accessing the same file. So there was a little bit of issue with that combined with the fact that that the tech was dark as shit. So we couldn't <laughs> categorically say that it was all down to how bad the episode was shot. Well, I can, because I spoke to many people and saw many people on Twitter saying, this episode would be good if I could see what was happening. It's I, I kind of got the idea. Yeah, I got the whole thought of, you know, if you are in a battle of that scale, it is very disorientating. You've got the blinkers on, you're not taking everything in. But mate, yes, there. I think there was a lot that they did in that episode, sort of cinematography wise and story storyline wise, that just could have been a thousand times better. I I was not impressed by that episode. I must be honest. Do you know what? I will absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. I thought the opening ten minutes was phenomenal. I thought the closing five minutes was phenomenal, and I thought everything in the middle was yeah, that was alright. That's building of tension while they're waiting outside the walls for the, uh, for yeah. the army of the undead. Oh, we should say now, massive spoilers ahead <laughs> for anyone who hasn't already gotten done. If you're not watching Game <laughs> no, of Thrones, sorry, if you're catching no. up. It's like I said, no, not having it again. I'm not having it again. If you've not watched Game of Thrones by this point, that's on you. I'm sorry, that's on you. I'm yeah, but... out on spoilers. I am out <clears throat> on spoilers. What if someone's like on it and they're, they've been trying their hardest to catch up, but there's only so many hours in the day? Then you watch it in pieces or something. Dude, if look, yeah, listen, yeah, they're, yeah, I'm like, a huge... Say, say I'm they're a... stuck on like season six now and they're just trying to catch up and we're suddenly just going to blurt out like, I killed the Night King. We don't... Ah, shit. We don't want to do that. God, tenuous link here, but stick with me, folks. There is a point here. I'm a huge fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's in yep. Japan. I can't just watch it live at fucking five o'clock in the morning on a Thursday when I'm going to work or something. <laughs> when you've been so, up until four in the morning watching NHL games. <laughs> watching Bruins, yeah, watching the Bruins lose in double OT. And, and, and uh, me and my friends, every year, we, my friends who follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have two big events. One is in January, one's in August. The one in January is on different days every year. So there's been times before where I've had to ban social media off all my devices for four days. I don't go on Facebook, don't go on Twitter, don't go on Instagram, don't go on anything. I can't even go on YouTube in case somebody posts up a link to what happened in the show or something. So if I can do it, anyone else can do it. And it's Game of Thrones for fuck's sake. It's on TV. You can record TV. You can watch an illegal, you can watch an illegal stream or something. So if you're, if you're that into the show and you want to watch it, by now you should have watched it. And also... If you're catching up on Game of Thrones, you should be up to speed now. You can't be like, well, I've only just started season four. That's on you, motherfucker. It's been out for 10 years, for God's sake. Get with the program. Yeah, shit episode, wasn't it? Yeah. There was just weird things where, oh my God, they are complete. When when he raised, when John was walking towards him and he raised the dead and and, and John started running and then John was on his own, surrounded by 50 people. I get it. John's a John's a fighter and stuff, but that's just not feasible enough for me. I'm sorry. I know it's ridiculous because it's show about fucking dragons and the undead and shit. But then when it showed them all standing up inside the castle walls and Jamie's just looking at them like, oh fuck, there's about ten living people and about a thousand zombies. <laughs> Come on, this is ridiculous. It needs to be at least a little bit possible and plausible of what was going to happen. 
and I just didn't buy it for a second. No, it was all it was all ridiculous. The the thing that really really naffed me off about it was we've had we've had seven seasons and two episodes building up the Night King and the White Walkers full stop as you know the biggest baddest like you know the the apocalypse unstoppable like you know the, the they have come to destroy the race of men and all we get is the Night King walking for an hour and a half basically and then he gets stabbed and that's that we didn't see any of the White Walkers fighting anyone we didn't see the Night King fight anyone save for him riding a dragon a little bit it was just such an anticlimax such an anticlimax you I wanted to see him I, I wanted to see Theon and maybe six of his mates try and take down the Night King mm. and he just dispatches them all in about five seconds and I was like oh okay he's legit motherfucking badass this is it because so he just because he just came across as a chav with his chav mates where it's like, oh, listen, there were seven of us and we beat up that one guy. Big fucking deal. Who, like, who can't do that? That's not cool. I wanted to see him take down somebody really who was a known great fighter. Maybe Jamie or Tormund or Brienne or something. Or the Hound. Or I, I don't know. It would have been shit. Because you're like, oh, God, they, were, you know, they died. That's terrible. Like, you know, you lose that character. But there's three episodes left. You can afford to lose one of those characters for something. And to see the Night King just go ham on somebody or five people at once being, holy fuck, this guy is a legit badass. He's not done anything the whole time. And you're like, okay, at some point he's going to fucking tee off and we're going to see what he can do. All he's done is thrown a really good spear at a dragon and lift his arms up slowly. And that was all we got. That's absolutely it. It's it's not it's not the fact that he died. It's not how he died because it was inevitable that he was going to die. And yeah, the the way that I killed him was cool. That was really cool. But it's like you say, we we had all of this build up, and it was it was great build up. All of that time, like he's a terrifying prospect because of the fear of the unknown. Of like, oh, I know he's really powerful. What can he do? And like you say, didn't didn't even so much as draw his sword. Not so much as draw his sword. And now he's and now he's done. And and all of the white white walkers are with him too. Like the mystery is either going to be revealed through some like info dump through some book that Sam stole or it's just not going to be revealed and and we'll have had eight seasons of build up of, of ultimately the big bad the big mythical bad at least and it's just going to be yeah, who knows whatever I've got no issue with him dying and then all of the rest of them dying if he's a, if he's a start point and you kill essentially you take the head of the snake and obviously the snake dies I've got oh no yeah, that, that. That, that's fine. That that um, was that was well established as well. Like we all knew yeah. that once he killed the Night King, that's that's it. But the the whole point was that was such an impossible task, and it was thoroughly possible. Do you know what it was? It was it was more than anything. Is that and to be fair, it's on us the fans, because I'll, and I'll get into this in a second. I read lots of ideas before the show even happened that were way better than what they did. Mm. I just just fans just saying, oh my god! Imagine if this happened. Thinking, oh my god! Can you imagine if they do that? That's going to be unbelievable. So, I, some, I, as he's walking up to Bran, I said to Sarah, I said, oh my god, he's going to fucking kneel at Bran's feet. And then I thought he was going to kneel. He stands up because he thinks someone's going to come and try and get him. So no one else sees him kneel except Bran. That's Bran's secret. <laughs> he's the ultimate god of something. And no, just stood there. Like I'm gonna, I'm just going to slowly kill him. Like, what? No. <laughs> this was like, oh, come on. I've, I've come all this way. I better spend another five minutes staring at this crippled boy. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, the good bits. The fact that they crammed something like six references over multiple seasons into 10 seconds blew my mind. And it was absolutely amazing. When Arya kills him, there are so many things in that scene. The last season, have you, you, must, you must have read all of these. You must, have, you must know all of these. I don't, to be honest. The only one I think I know that you're going to mention is that she stabbed him where the children of the forest stabbed him to make him the Night King in the first place. Yep, yeah, so there's that. The last season, when she meets with Bran again for the first time after coming back to Winterfell, he gave her that dagger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And said, you're going to need this. And she said, what for? And he said something like, you'll know when the time is right or something. And he gave that, he gave her that dagger in mm. that spot like where she killed him. Mm. When Lysandra meets Arya in the forest in season three and says, I see a great darkness in you, is when Melisandre stole Gendry and was yeah. doing you know, the blood ritual and stuff. She says, you will kill someone of brown eyes, someone of blue eyes, someone of green eyes. Now, brown eyes was Walder Frey, who she killed at the start of season five, I think. Mm-hmm. And obviously, blue eyes is the Night King. And then green eyes is foreshadowing that it's probably going to be Cersei that Arya kills. When Sam was in the Citadel looking at books on how to kill White Walkers, he it, it's a blink and you'll miss it, but as he turns one of the pages, that dagger is on one of the pages that he's that he's reading. No way. Yeah. And then also, when do you remember when Arya was fighting Brienne in the courtyard, and she said and Brienne some, she says something like, "Can we train?" And Brienne says, "No." And then Arya says something like, "Are you scared? I'll hurt you." So then Brienne goes, "All right, you fuck like you motherfucker. Let's fucking go." In the middle of that fight, right near the end, Arya uses that drop the dagger move on Brienne and holds the dagger up to Brienne's throat. And Brienne goes, "Where'd you learn how to do that?" And Arya says something like, oh, "You know, nobody taught me that." I think yeah, that's that's the one thing that they have done well. Springle of Arya's kind of passed up and, to speed in that one clip, in that yeah. one sort of two minute where she kills the Night King was amazing work and credit to the writers for that. And it's it's something they've done well consistently throughout the series and, and I hope that they will do, well, I trust that they will do for the last few episodes. Like There are a lot of loose ends to tie up and and a lot of sort of Easter eggs, if you will, that they've <clears throat> excuse me left throughout the the series so far and I think that won't be the last that we've seen of such a blitz of references in such a, sh- a short amount of time I have one theory I have not read this I have not heard this so people don't freak out if this turns out to be true this is just something I've kind of come up with with Melisandre saying to Arya that she'll kill someone with green eyes meaning Cersei Cersei also had the prophecy that her younger brother will kill her and obviously we all think it's going to be Tyrion and then people were saying Jamie, and it was well. How can how can Melisandre say that Arya's going to kill her if Jamie's also going to kill her? And my theory is is that Arya kills Jamie, and then she takes Jamie's face, and then kills Cersei, and that's how it covers the two the two prophecies, so to speak. I like the idea of Jamie killing, um, like Arya using um, Jamie's face to kill Cersei, but why would she kill Jamie? Because the Lannisters killed her dad, and she she was there, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in the crowd at the start of season one, and she saw it. And she hates the she hates the Lannisters. And I, I, if she if she says it, if she, if she does it right, well. if yeah, if she does it right, when she kills Jamie, she'll say something like the North Remem- the North remembers or something like that. 
See, now you're, on my, now you're thinking, aren't you? Now, you're, now you think it's not a bad idea, don't you? you see? I, th- I think it'd be good in the sense of um, surprise, you know, not unfounded, but still very surprising as we've, you know, Jamie's gone through that massive redemption arc and he is ultimately a, a hero now. Yes. He's, he's literally gone from being the pompous prick to like, he's now been through the shit. He's great friends with Brienne. He now stands up for what's right. He's left Cersei to come and fight for the right side. And then for Arya to kill him would be a massive holy shit moment. Uh, it'd, that'd be so be cool. A, it'd be a classic Game of Thrones moment, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. On to yeah, as as much as I wasn't a fan of of episode three, I'm still thoroughly looking forward to to the next three. I think it's going to be good. It's better. Just one last little bit. An hour and a half of a battle scene that I can't mate get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, that episode cost eight. Like that episode cost like eighty-five million dollars to film. Jesus, and it was shit. Worst spent. That that you know, I'd sooner buy Paul Pogba again than bloody <laughs> make that episode. Jesus Christ! I expected a bit more for eighty-five million dollars, but then for me, the first ten minutes and the last five minutes was enough for me to enjoy it enough. That I thought it was decent. Yeah, but yeah. I expect. I think we all expected way better. Was a problem. That's that's the thing, and and I think that's going to be a problem with the end of it at all. Like you know, when you've when you've gone on this long, it's like the biggest TV show on the planet, and then especially a TV show that is designed around expectations for the future, it's always going to end shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's and, and, e- and even if it's what kills you, this is it. Even if it's not a bad ending, it's not. Well, it's not the ending that I wanted, so it's not very good. Ugh. Last thing before last thing before I wrap up, talking about spoilers, I gotta mention this. Did you are you aware of a football player an American football player called LaShawn McCoy? Uh, I'm not, and I thought you were gonna spoil Endgame and I was about to throttle you through the computer. No, no, not at all. He did spoil Endgame. I won't say how. <gasps> did he? I won't say I won't I, say what he said. Do not look for LaShawn McCoy's tweets, okay? And because it, I, I this shan't. is Schneid Schneid, this is way worse than anything Brad Marchand did, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> so he goes to see it Friday afternoon, okay? No, I'm not going to... I'll watch it if it comes around. I'm really not bothered. I don't I don't even know what's going on at this point because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm sick of the Avengers now, I'm honest. I'm, I know I'm in the minority and that's like a... Not even a hot take, I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, whatever. But LaShawn McCoy takes his kid to see Endgame on the Friday afternoon. He then sends so out a tweet. An early, early showing in that case. Yes. So clearly, while everyone in America is still at work and can't get to see it yet, these all these people who follow him, he then tweets out, and I'm going to be careful here, so let me let me look around the room. Um, okay. Say there's a character... <laughs> it's going to be... But say there's a character called Steve Rugg or something, or Mr. Rugg. I don't fucking know. Whatever. He Steve, is insane. Steve Rugg. Steve Rugg. Let's go... Let's really, go Steve really, Rugg. Whatever. Using, using the first name Steve to try and keep it anonymous. I don't even get that reference. All right, fair enough. I won't say anything then. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't know. Fucking Brian Rugg. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, yeah, it's just a name. I'd, I'd prefer it if you said Brian Rugg. Oh, okay. Okay, I don't get it, but okay, whatever. So, Ca- Captain America's Brian... name is Steve Rogers, so Steve Rugg is... Oh, bit, yeah, of course. That's a bit okay. It's like, oh, let's say Steve Rugg is... Uh, yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see what you mean. Anyway, and then, and then right. Iron Mister, like, yeah, sorry, gone. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> the man of INA. <laughs> They'll never get no. this one. Say the character's called Brian Rugg, okay? But it's Rugg's but it's Rugg spell R-U-G. LaShawn McCoy tweeted out something along the lines of, I can't believe they did X to Brian Rugg, and he spelt it wrong. So if you muted any words <gasps> from Endgame from your timeline, it still showed up on your timeline. Oh my god. And he spoiled it for all of his followers. Like, don't know how many there is, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people got spoiled because he spelled something from the film wrong on purpose so that it avoided all the muted words in Twitter. That Dude. Is... Is he, is he going to be the uh, the next supervillain in the next series of Marvel films? Because that is just Mate, evil. You should have, you should have, because I didn't care. So I, I looked at his tweet and then read all the replies. Fuck me. You honestly, I've seen people accused of murder get spoken about in better terms. People wishing he had cancer. People wishing his kid died of AIDS. I mean, it was fucking insane. When you've seen the film, LaShawn McCoy, find his tweet and read the replies because it is fucking unreal That's it's horrendous. absolutely crazy it's absolutely crazy Did but you, um... he spelled a character's name wrong and said what happened to that character and it because he spelled it wrong it obviously avoided all muted words That's which is pretty, mad pretty genius to be fair oh as evil genius goes it's fucking unbelievable and just to clarify, just in case, it's got nothing to do with Steve Rogers. I just, I just picked the name Steve Rogg. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you've, you've ruined it now. I know that Steve yeah, Rogers is going to be that's in the it. film, something, and something happens to him. God. What it is, well, is he's, he has a twin brother, um, but he's called, called Steve, Steve Rogg. Steve Rogg. <laughs> Steve Ruggers. Steve you, um, Ruggers. Did you see about the guy? The guy who got beaten up over it. Yeah, did he was it? Didn't he walk out and shout out a spoiler or something to the queue of people or something like that? Yeah, to the queue of people who were about Fuck. to go in and got the shit being oh half him. God, <laughs> and like I'm not, I'm not much of a uh, yeah. I don't want to condone. <laughs> I know you're going to say in the streets. <laughs> Fair play though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't blame you. Fair, fair, fair. I don't know who beat him up, but I'm hoping it's like some super heavy set geezer in in a poorly fitting Incredible Hulk T-shirt. <laughs> I just want to say as well, because I was my 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 spoilers rant before about Game of Thrones, TV and films are different. You can't just watch a film whenever you want. Like some films you have to go to the cinema to watch. If I was gonna go and watch Endgame, I would absolutely go to the cinema. I don't want to watch it on my TV, because that's shit. I will go to the cinema. And I can understand that people can't get to the cinema, but you can absolutely find something to watch on TV anywhere. So that's why I think those two things are different. Yeah, but what if someone's been working that There's no excuse. Um, There's no excuse. Yeah, they've got some, some issues at home. You know, life's been pretty hard on them. They've barely had a chance to eat, let alone, you know, have any entertainment. They sit down for the first time this week, the first time in, in what feels like a year for them because life's been so hard. And they're like, I'll listen, yeah. to, a, I'll listen to a new Two Bricks One Punk that'll cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, oh, fucking hell. If I came, if I came home, because I obviously watched Game of Thrones on Monday, if I came home early and my wife was in bed with another man, I'd have been like, all right, I'll deal with this in a minute, but I have to go and watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you two wait there. I'll be back because we're going to have a rumble. But until then, I've got to watch Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> oh, mate. Oh, All right, let's get out of here. I think we should. I, I really need to pee, actually. Thank you for listening, everybody. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'll, I'll put some. I'll put some timestamp. I'll put a timestamp in. I would never normally do it, but you've shamed me into it. You've shamed me into it. Thinking about the poor people out there who might not have seen Game of Thrones poor. yet. So I'll time. I will timestamp it. Poor Brian Rugg and his <laughs> his dog has got severe. Do you know what I should do? I should. I should put in. I should put in. Avoid. Avoid this part of the show if you don't want to find out end game spoilers about Brian Rugg. <laughs> People are going to be like, who the fuck is Brian Rugg? <laughs> oh, mate, I love the idea of somebody going into Endgame thinking, like, oh, we're going to, there's a character called Brian Rugg and he's probably really important. Like, I can't, oh, when's he going to show up? Oh, God. Oh, God, the cinema. Where's that Rugg guy? I don't know. I don't know where he was. <laughs> so oh, get, gets beaten up because he says, oh, Brian Rugg wasn't even in it. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Brian Rugg. Shout out to Brian Rugg. <laughs> oh, dear God. I, 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 do okay, think, okay. I do think there are sometimes that um, the show really shows that we're recording at probably 11 o'clock at night after, after we've both been at work all day. It's true. Fucking hell. Oh, man. Looking, I'm sweating even more now. That was funny. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at? W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. At two bits, one puck, number two, number one. Take care, everybody. Will, any last words? Uh, buzzing for, for Endgame. I think it's going to be a wagamama, isn't it, in Endgame? It's going to be a quality Sunday. Oh, sounds fabulous. R.I.P. to Brian Rugg as well. <laughs> Take it easy, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.